0: I'm Keith, and I'm John, and this is Lama Diddle. Oh, Here's a somewhat reliable source of information. For most things, John. For most things, Keith. Keith, I'm just so pumped up I can't handle it, Keith. We're I as diehard as they come. Like, I'm all hate-breeded up and pumped up with that song, Die Hard As They Come. We know real courage, Keith. We've never wavered. We've never faltered.
1: That's right, man. We're as
0: diehard as they come.
1: we we'll just keep plugging along, knowing. Keep plugging, man. I hear you.
0: All right, what you got, Keith? All
1: right, man, today we are going to talk about extreme preppers. Ooh. Why should normal people prep? And what are some uh, normal things people can do to prep? So we're talking about like survivalist type stuff, doomsday prepping. Man, we're going to go, we're going to talk about some extreme stuff too, man. Keith, but do you know first, what? I'm sorry, I didn't
0: mean to interrupt. Ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go I, ahead. No, I jumped in. Well, no, Keith, I was ahead. just going to say here at the Flamadiddle Compound, I just want to let the people know I've got about 52,000 MREs. Yeah. Nine trillion gallons of water. And uh, and two bullets. Yeah, I don't really have any weapons <laughs> much. so I do have a BB gun over here by the door. Yeah, we because, got a BB gun. Because I'm sorry to say, y'all, but I'm on the rampage against squirrels. They're trying to tear into my attic. They're trying yeah. to get under my eaves. So I'm tired of the squirrels. So I'm sorry if that upsets you, but I'm on a rampage, Keith. Well, I mean, push comes to shove, man. We have squirrels too, right? Exactly.
1: We Just not, not in the summer, right? That's
0: it. And if we kill it... And prep it just right. Why and, not in the and summer? Dry... Why not squirrels in the summer? Yeah, do you know? Uh, they got some kind of disease or something? Yeah. Really? Like wolves, some kind of worms? Wolves.
1: I think that's the name of the worm. Wolves. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's like on their neck or something. Oh, gross. Yeah, but you don't want to eat that. That's a parasite. It'd be bad for you. I don't
0: want to eat squirrel at all if I, can have to, if I don't have to, but if I had to eat squirrel... I kind of do. I want to try it, but I haven't. <laughs> My grandfather used to go squirrel hunting back in the day. Yeah? Take you 22 out and... All right, before and we take too so hard of go. a left All turn, right, man, tell them about the widows, man. So, GoFundMe, search for Flumadiddle Widows link. That's who we're supporting. That's who you're supporting with every penny that you give this year towards your uh, Flumadiddle premium content. That's right. And we're giving towards that anyway. So, absolutely, join in with us and help us out. To help support Already the widows. Already sent
1: one widow on a cruise. Going to send another one to the uh, what do you call it? The kind of a retreat, retreat. a weekend yeah. retreat, weekend retreat. Uh, these are widows that couldn't afford to get plugged into Widows Link if other if it wasn't for the Flum Diddlers, flum diddlers out there exactly who are supporting. So. so that's awesome. So very important, buy yourself a membership. I mean, at the end of this uh podcast, this episode, we're gonna add some extra content that will only be for premium members and it's gonna be five things you can do today to prep for All the doomsday. Right. Keith for me, normal people,
0: not paranoid people. Exactly. Keith, let me just say this. Right, we can Same. do more than sit here and look pretty and make a world-class podcast. Yeah, we can make a difference in Widow's lives. That's right. All right. All right, Keith, so so I pitch the ball up to you, man. All right,
1: so let's first talk about... Well, first, you know, we said before we did this we are going to just have a conversation about it. So, John, let me just have a conversation with you about it. What would you do, man, if the crap hit the fan... Uh, let's just say, you know, there's two types. We're going to talk about that a little bit, local and global type local disasters. And global. Let's say it's a global one. And I'm not going to say what kind. Just a global disaster. Grid is down. What do you do right now, John? Like, Let's say we're right here recording right now,
0: and it happens. And everything what do we do? happened. Well, Keith, I'd say probably we got a little bit of a late start on it then. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're not prepped at all. We're not prepped at all. You, and I think some people, I did, I know this, and please, I, I, Keith and I certainly wouldn't classify ourselves, I would say, as preppers. No, absolutely um, not. Per se. And what. Certainly not, because when I think when most people, Keith, I want to go ahead and throw this out there, they think of like the National Geographic show or Discovery Channel where these people have like compounds and tanks and weapons and food to last for two and three years, like the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, what's the name of that show? Is it? Is it was Extreme Preppers Preppers or something like that? Yeah, I've I've maybe watched one or two of those ever. So you think of some whack job, right, who's out there like hoarding all this stuff in case the end of the world comes, the apocalypse. So And we're going to hit both because there are some reasonable things that, even being where we are, I think it's done, but there is an army facility within about a 50 mile radius of here yeah. that was incinerating chemical weapons right. over the last 10 or 12 years. I think they finished that up within the last two yeah, or three four years. They actually sent us a emergency preparedness kit. Yes. You remember that? Yes, I do. And basically, what you're supposed to do with that is take the Visqueen plastic. Put yourself in it. Duct tape yourself in it with your head <laughs> connected dive. firmly to your cheek. <laughs> and, and I know because that's really what it was. It was yeah. like a big roll of plastic and duct, tape. and duct tape. What
1: it was for is to put on like your windows and doors so that maybe the nuclear is uh, <laughs> to make the you radiation. Think that you were actually had some was of control? Like you yeah. were
0: doing something while you died yeah. instead of sitting there. I think it wasn't too long before I used that duct tape <laughs> for other purposes. How about you or that plastic? I think we still had a box we here like a couple of years or ago. or something with that plastic. It had plastic and it had yeah.
1: All right, so anyway. let's talk about some extreme examples, man. Right. For the super wealthy, there's this place called the Survival Condo Project. Oh, wow. And this guy actually... So this
0: is for rich nuts.
1: Yeah, this is for rich nuts. This guy actually bought a uh, Atlas missile silo. It was a, uh, what do you call it? disband missile silo. Right. It actually held a nuclear warhead from 61 to 65, and it's just this underground thing, like basically an underground tower. Right, And there's right. about 15 stories, I think, or maybe I've seen a few people more. building those before. Yeah, and so, like, several of the floors are, like, commune floors, you know, like an exercise room, a pool room, you know, like an actual okay. pool, like an indoor pool, not not playing pool, but you know what I mean. A swimming pool. A swimming pool, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, several of the rooms are like that, maybe a cafe, but there's 12 what you would call apartments or – uh You might call them penthouses. They're actually, they're entire floors. They're 3,600 square feet.
0: Oh, that's a big old apartment, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And it's about the size of a home. Guys, go online and look this up, Survival Condo Project, because you really need to see the pictures to get a a gist of what I'm talking about. This, they decorated this thing nice. Can you go ahead and like live
0: there now if you buy your condo? Yeah, I I think so. They can go,
1: I think they, no, I think they, if you buy, you can go visit there anytime you want. You know, it's just kind of like a vacation home. Okay. Um, which we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in, a, in a few minutes and why that might be a good idea. But these things are like 4.5 million dollars. Oh wow! For a full floor and like 1.5 if you want a half a floor. Um, but check out the pictures though, because it's not like a what you're thinking of like a compound. This is decorated really nice for the super wealthy. You know, it's like it looks like a, a rich house or something. So the rest
0: know. of us poor peons are just going to incinerate and die. Yeah. Or get murdered for our resources.
1: So for the less rich, there are, well, uh, well, first, let me just give you a few features of this rich one, man, because I, I think people right. find this interesting. Um, so 2.5 to 9 foot thick walls. Okay. I feel like I need that like in on my kid's bedroom walls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, wind turbine, diesel generators, indoor shooting range, hydroponic food. What is that?
0: hydroponic food where you cook uh, you grow your food in water yeah it's so filled like, with nutrients like fish and stuff is that what it no. is? no right, hydroponics so, is so just, the next they grow one, a lot of lettuce hydroponically so the
1: next one is probably the fish and stuff It's called an aquaculture that's probably yeah, that's like, like your tilapia type ponds type. and stuff like something that something like that farm raised stuff like that um military grade security an indoor pool an exercise facility a rock climbing wall a dog park an arcade, <laughs> a classroom, a library, a movie theater, oh, a digital right. weather station, a high speed elevator, a military style SWAT team that can pick you up in a 400 mile radius. So oh if you, you can get on your private plane and land anywhere within 400 miles and give them a call and, and come they're pick coming you to up. get you. Yeah, and it has a helipad. So all of that so we is just what take you get for $4.5
0: million. So. Okay, I got it. This sounds like a pretty good, uh, we're talking about an angle. That cat's got his angle, man, because he's probably never going to have to pay up on that bet, and if he screws it up, well, then what are you going to do?
1: I know, when I was researching this, I didn't think for one second I'm going to buy one of these things. I thought, I'm going to build one of these things and sell (laughs) them. (laughs) Exactly. That sounds like a great idea, man. Because that just sounds like there's some money in that, because he sold all 12 of them. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Um. All right, so for the less rich extreme survivalists, you probably want to go watch that show you're talking about for that, Extreme Preppers. Okay. A lot of that on there. but They have acreage usually, right? And they yeah, build usually up- acreage. Underground bunkers stocked with uh, food, food and ammunition. And water. And, and, and uh, more extreme side of that is forming their own militias. You see okay. a lot of that. So it's kind of like getting ready for teamwork, but forming your own militia so that you can do whatever, I guess, with your militia. So you can
0: be go like all walking dead and go kill the other militia and yeah. steal all their stuff.
1: Yeah, be what the saviors. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Be the saviors. All right, so I got something to say about that, John. One thing, like when we had that conversation a minute ago, one thing when you ask people a lot of times, they're like, oh, I ain't going to prepare them. I got a bunch of ammunition and guns, so I'm good. You know, I'll get whatever I need with that. So uh, my question to them is, like, so do you become a different person just because something has happened? I mean, because in yeah, my book, to them, if, if thieving and murdering is bad now, you know, if God don't like that now, then he ain't going to like it just because things go bad. Exactly. You know, so I'm not going to become, like, this different person and then go steal everything I need all of a sudden, you know? Because exactly. they're like, well, there is no rule of law. Well, it's still against God's law, you know? There you don't go. No matter man. what situation you If you are what you are, then you need to be what you are. So, I mean, yeah. And maybe that says something about you, you know, if you're saying, I'll I'll just very, have says a bunch a of bullets, you. you know, and just steal what I it, it says, I, I
0: don't want to hang out with that dude for sure. In case the, right. in case the cat hits the fan, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you definitely need to have some sort of protection,
0: and we'll talk a little bit about that. Now we're but... presuming something, Keith. Am I All correct? Right. We're presuming that people know. I mean, we've hinted at it. We are presuming that people know what prepping is.
1: Right. So yeah. just
0: simply, we're talking about preparing, like at the beginning, preparing for a natural disaster. All right, so we can go ahead and talk about that. There's a couple or different Or not necessarily times. a natural disaster, but some sort of earth-shaking, cataclysmic event, be it man-made, be it natural, or whatever. Yeah, so let's talk about those our different normal... things. You
1: got global and local, basically, right? Okay. All right, so what kind of global disasters might happen, John? We've talked about major war, nuclear yeah. war. Yeah, I mean, like with the amount of nuclear warheads we have in this world, and I'm not um, saying I'm a pacifist or get rid of them all or something like that. I think when, once you have, and I
0: probably am, but they're yeah, here,
1: and here we are. What that, are we that's that's do with my it? point. It's like once they're here, it's almost impossible to go it back. It is, but you, you know, can't turn the clock back. What are you going to do? Trust your enemy to get rid of theirs? You can't do that. You know, they're so so they're going to be here no matter what. So so
0: natural you're looking at maybe nuclear war. You could right. be looking think about Indonesia, man. That would be non naturally, I guess. No, that'd be non naturally. Yeah. But think of like what happened in Indonesia a few years ago with the tsunami. Yeah. Like two hundred thousand people. So that
1: would be more of a local died. event, right?
0: Yeah, it would be local. But, but, but a, it wouldn't be like it just large, happened to our yeah, town or yeah. this little area. It was a whole country.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or people or the electrical that's the grid thing. Going like out. you can say local but for those locals it might as well be global it might as well you know well, i'm thinking of katrina or hurricane sandy or oh any of those Lord. situations i mean it, it wasn't no different to them they never if it was local expected or global. It, no it know? didn't it
0: was happening there yeah so what happens when this, these kind of events happen right is that your normal chains of supply right disappear now so like, all of a sudden, right? There's no grocery store to go to. Exactly. So like, let's
1: let's let's talk a little bit about what some other things could happen. Okay, you go got ahead. war, terrorism, economic is a big one. Right, right, because that would be global, um, generally global. Like a, you, you can like a, have a local, like a major co- depression. Economic, but yeah, like, and uh, we'll talk about that one a little bit more in a second. But a pandemic or a technological disaster,
0: like electrical grids or internet outages. Right. Think about so much stuff that's. Computer internet related. And then ads. local
1: would be more probably weather event, an epidemic or a social unrest, like maybe riots or something yeah. like that.
0: Um, you don't want to be calling that either. No, but even here where we're at in 1993, right? They jokingly call it the blizzard of 93, which was 12 to 16 inches of snow. Right. But to somewhere, you know, like somewhere like Buffalo, New York, they'd probably laugh at that. Yeah. But to a city that's not prepared for that and all of a sudden, Everything iced over. The power lines are breaking. Yeah. Thank goodness in this house they had gas heat. Yeah. So they were able to at least turn the gas on.
1: We got real lucky too because like we were on like a grid that included intersections and stuff where I lived. They were kind of had priority on getting those up.
0: Oh, I got. You. And so
1: like we had power by like eight o'clock the next morning. See, I know people. My grandparents went without power for like 10, 11 days. I know it was crazy. And let let me tell you this, guys. We're in Alabama, right? So you in Ireland may not know what we're talking about. Maybe you do. I don't know what the weather's like in Ireland. But, um, you know, other parts of the country here in the United States don't know what, what I'm talking about. But if you don't think that the grocery stores are going to be full of people in a disaster, just come to Alabama when they mention the word snow. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because just with the word snow, I mean, you the, the grocery store uh, aisles
0: full of bread and milk are just wiped out. Keith, have you seen the uh, the Alabama still life? Why do they do bread and milk? milk, I don't know. Milk sandwiches? I mean, exactly. The Alabama Still Life shows a jug of milk, a loaf of bread, and about two packs of AA batteries. Yeah, sounds about (laughs) right. That's the Alabama Still Life picture. But see, that's another problem I have with this whole mentality
1: of, well, I got bullets. I'll just go get what I need. Well, so does 100,000 other people think the same thing. Right. You know, so first of all, it's going to be gone. Second of all, you're going to put yourself in danger, you know. Second of
0: all, you're going to be a dirty, rotten son of a gun. Right. Yeah, exactly. So...
1: Anyway, um, I think probably what's the most likely you think of those things
0: to actually happen? Well, we hope, at least in the area where we are, you probably figure your natural disaster, probably a weather related event. So, for local tornado, I think that's a localized major snowstorm disaster. I, think I would that's think most for us, though, natural. now that the um, depot incinerator is not a concern, right? I mean, that was it was supposed to be safe, but if that depot incinerator would have leaked chemical weapons or would have gone afoul when it was when it was incinerating chemicals, it could have been a very serious event.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is true or not, but I always heard that the way they tested radiation was they'd like send a rabbit in and see if it died. Did you know that? Or you maybe that? that was
0: pre Geiger counter.
1: Might have been pre Geiger counter. I don't know. <laughs> That's poor rabbit. Well it's
0: kinda like a sparrow though. You know they did do that like in mines. Yeah. Send a sparrow down or something right to test if there's like carbon monoxide in there because you couldn't yeah. smell it you could really back in the day you couldn't test for it now you could right now you can yeah so i'd say probably here you're probably so looking probably at a weather, major event like yeah. tornado or maybe a freak snowstorm that iced everything and don't over. think that that stuff don't happen we had
1: uh what 114 tornadoes came through in 20 was it 2011
0: i think yes the one the big one that hit april's fury 2011 it. it came through 2011 and 12 it, we had bad yeah. 2011 was the big one, but that next year, like in February, we had a lot of... Well, that I mean, was the it's snow.
1: Like, it's like, okay, I mean, people who don't live in tornado areas may not know what we're talking about. And generally speaking, you may have two or three tornadoes in a state during a storm, right? Right.
0: And this one storm, we had like 114 tornadoes come this through our state. This is Tornado Alley, man. And, uh, it if you don't know just, what a tornado is somewhere you're listening? Think of a hurricane. Think of a localized hurricane, kind of. Yeah. They can be small anywhere from, you know... And there's a whole a few book. feet across to yeah. a half a mile or wider across. There was a whole book written
1: just on stories about April Seary, people telling yeah, their stories. And, you know, like I had this this one guy I knew who his his wife was like uh, not in good shape and he wasn't either. And she had a lift chair and was trying to get up, and the tornado pushed her lift chair over the top of her and her head landed inside a magazine basket, so her head was protected and her body was protected because of that chair. And the magazine basket. And then he was going, she was hollering at him to see if he could get the cat. So he closed the door when he couldn't find the cat. And then the, he was in a hallway, and they fell over like in an A on top of him. And he was protected by those two walls. The rest of their house was completely gone when it was over.
0: Isn't that crazy, man?
1: All their stuff was gone. Crazy. And so like, they they were protected, though. But like just all kind of stories like that. But, man, that swept through and affected a lot of people that year. So whatever the event is. So global, though, what's the most likely global? That's probably the most likely local. I think probably myself,
0: I would think economic or pandemic. I would think so at this juncture because, you know, we know people that were affected, due in hospice, we know people that were affected by the Great Depression. Yeah. And wide swaths of the rural folks that we know you know, there was no store to go to. Right. Now, thankfully, they were prepared. In some degree, they had a certain level of self-sufficiency that most people don't. Yeah. And there's all kinds of amazing stories of neighbors who grew extra food, whose gardens did great when theirs didn't, and groceries appearing on front porches. And there you go, Keith. Instead of people shooting each other and taking stuff, Right. People taking their extra and dropping it off at their neighbor's house. And I'm glad you mentioned the Depression. There's two things I'd like to say about that. One is
1: I, I agree with you. I think we're less prepared for something like that now. We know a whole lot less stuff. We're way right. more Americanized. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? And two is that's a good example of why it can happen now because they called the boom in 20s the boom in 20s for a reason. Right. They were in a huge economic rise before right. it happened. Exactly. And then... It did happen, so like you can't say, "Oh, we're we're good now." You know, we've right. been in economic rise for this long, and it's not going to happen. No, I mean it can happen. It any can moment, happen, you know, man.
0: Know. So that, and uh, hopefully, that's not. I'm not trying to fear monger. You know. Oh no, because but that's what we are not talking trying to about do. being prepared. Because <laughs> I hope what we're going to get into is less of the extreme stuff, and we're going to talk about what you would do in some of these events. Right? What would you do? Right. Well, how would you prepare for this kind of situation, Keith? Absolutely. So, where are, we, where are we headed from here, Keith? Okay. So, from here, let's talk about
1: um, why it could go out so easily, why you would need to prepare. So, we did talk about some things that could happen. Right. But, like, just saying an economic crisis, they don't really give an example of why it could happen. You were
0: talking about the grid,
1: right? You mentioned yeah. the grid going out. Kind of out. An electrical
0: grid. There's one time I heard where if some certain thing happened at this one area, you know, a large majority of the eastern seaboard could be without power.
1: Exactly, and that—that that was my point. Is actually, as time goes on, John, we are actually more connected than ever. Very and right so. things they—they they try to improve things with technology, but it also makes things more complicated. Right. So actually, if the power went down, the power grid went down. First of all, like you said, it would be entire swaths of the country right. at one time because we're so connected now. But also. It would be that much harder to get it back going back up again because it's so much more complicated now. So it could take a long time. So it's not just run out, hey, you guys go push that big switch and flip it back. Absolutely. So, like, you know, the thing we don't think about is is that there's large amounts of staff that it takes to run these things. So, if you have a pandemic or an economic collapse or something like that, the people who run these things are going to be more worried about taking care of their own family than they are going to work. And so, if there's nobody to run them, what happens to them? They, they go out. They don't work. They don't work they don't without work, human Keith. staff. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't think people realize how, I guess, fragile our grid is. You know? Right. It wouldn't take much for it to go down. Right. Once the, po- once the power goes down, the water goes down. Because, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, we got those water towers. They're gravity-fed. That'll last for months.
0: That's what they used to do, huh? Each town you'd go in, the big town, had two or three big water towers sitting around. Right. And we still have them. But the thing is, is now
1: with the new regulations of like water filtration and stuff like that, the water actually has to be pumped through what it's connected to now to be filtered and and treated and everything before it's pumped to your house. So it's not going directly to your house from that anymore. So you can't rely on gravity. You have to rely on power, which you won't have anymore. So no power, no water. And then also on top of that, you know, let's let's just say delivery men, you know, they're going to be doing the same thing. No staff to carry the food to the grocery stores. Power and water is going to go out pretty quick. No Walmart guys to
0: pack your groceries and bring them right. out to your car now.
1: And what they say is that like, really, because we're so efficient at moving product now, grocery stores are not near as stocked as they used to be. Right. And that so, makes sense. So food would run out of the grocery stores within a couple of weeks, probably much quicker with the, all the people who's going to be looting, you know.
0: Right. Think about our some of the people, I like to bring it back, bring it back to the to the people, right? Think about some of our elderly folks that we've dealt with over the years, Keith. You know, they've got a basement or they got a cellar or they got something a pantry. That looks like they're prepping, but they're not. You know what they did? They just canned all their vegetables from their garden. Right. Because they couldn't grow vegetables in the wintertime. Yeah. And they couldn't go to the grocery store. And similarly, they got a cellar full of vegetables. and, And they're
1: just not wasteful. You know, it's like I have all these vegetables and I don't want to waste them. So I know how to can, so I'm going to can them. Right. You know, like my dad cans, and I don't think he thinks one bit about you know, I need to prep, it's just like... That's just what you do. That's yeah, how you that's just have what food. you do. You just you just don't waste it. You save it for
0: later, and that's how you save it We're for later. let Campbell's can our soup. We're going to make our own tomato soup right. starter or vegetable soup starter. Absolutely. So why, right. why do we need to can? I'm a can. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's not, part of prepping. So why that's we part need of to prep? All right, so so, go, so that's
1: basically why you need to prep is because things are fragile. They could go down. You know, things can happen. So let's talk a little bit about how. Okay, this is what the people really want. Okay. It
0: is. And and we're we're being more down to earth with it. I'm saying I really come back to something like the weather event. Yeah. My grandparents were without power for ten days. I don't know about water. You can't do without water for ten days and if you can't get on the road, that's very that has happened here. Yeah. And if you didn't have at least ten days worth of water or some kind of beverage set aside, right. You're in a bind. Yeah, and and I think, um, John, that's one problem I think that a
1: lot of people have want to uh, with the approach they take on this, is that you think more of your stock than you do yourself. And I think the a number one thing you need to do is stop taking an Americanized approach to it, and and think about preparing yourself for it. Okay. More than stocking stuff for it. Now we will talk a little bit about stocking stuff for it, but I the like thing is, is like, like, here's the thing, man. Here's the American approach. Let's buy it on Amazon, right? So there's a prep I'm kit guilty. on Amazon. Let's let's just buy that prep kit. We'll put it in the basement. We're done. I'm prepared, right? No, I'm not trusting Jeff Bezos with my <laughs> water supply. Well, exactly. But like, think about this. All right. So say your the prep kit has uh, four days of rice in it. Do you know how to prepare rice? Just, I mean, I, you know, you may, John, because you're pretty good with food rice. stuff. But like, do you know how to cook this basic? rice you know straight out of a bag i wouldn't be very good at that or oatmeal you know do you ha- how to do like not the quick oats but like the old kind of oats do you know how to do these things
0: yeah man you need to take these things out and practice you but know? the problem is can you stick it in your microwave Absolutely no because you're right. not gonna have it's power. gonna be different than how you do it now and you got to have water to make any of that and if you're smart keith when you build a house dude whatever you do at least get a gas stove yeah We've got a gas stove and we've got They're secondary gas. We got a gas furnace and a secondary gas heat. And, so they didn't freeze to but death. See that, when it
1: but still, if we're thinking long term, like I said, all this depends on what kind of disaster it is. Oh, if very it's a much Short term disaster, then obviously then that makes a difference. Your gas could last a certain amount of time, right? But at some point, you need to know how to build a fire. This is very why I'm saying so. that, like, knowledge over supplies. Okay, like. Start figuring out first how to do some of these skills that's been lost. I think that's real important. I got
0: two words for you, West Stroud. Isn't that the Survivor man? We got to learn his yeah, things. So. And then your mama and papa back in the day. Yeah, they, know they could a lot can of some stuff. food. They could grow the garden. Right, so here, so they could skin a bug. They could run a trot line. And a country boy can't. Oh, survive, absolutely.
1: Keith. And uh, I think part of preparing yourself too that people don't think about. All right, so we said you know knowledge is one. Uh, another one is stay in shape
0: because here's the thing man
1: i know people who even if they knew how to skin and gut a deer would throw their back out when they started to (laughs) hoist it up and if you throw your back out in a survival situation you're you're done for nobody nobody's gonna help you you know i mean they're gonna eat you for dinner if it gets exactly so you're not gonna be able to take care of yourself so (laughs) it is important to exercise and stay in shape you know stay limber you know, Why are you staring at me day. when you say that, Keith? I'm, not, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast with you, John. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> You've been
0: are staying you in I'm shape, a, man. DDP yoga. I've been trying to exercise, Keith. I'm a, I'm overweight and out of shape. I prefer to use the word voluptuous. Yeah. But I have been, definitely been making an effort these last few months to exercise. Right. Some yoga-ish type stuff, some stretching, some push up sit-ups, a little bit of weightlifting. And I don't mean,
1: you know, become like a bodybuilder or something like that. Right. I'm just saying, keep yourself flexible. Like, um, I know that, like, Jennifer, my wife, here lately, we've been doing some work. It's been a lot harder on her because, like, she's just out of shape. and She knows it. You know, she wouldn't get mad at me for saying it. Keith, I'm doing doing naked jumping jacks right now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm getting in shape right this moment <laughs> he, he is not
1: doing naked jump jacks. That, that is incorrect all right so um so prepare yourself first and then think about supplies so what what's some supplies you think you need you mentioned a couple of them. well keith the first and foremost is water water okay you've got to have so clean you, water in a survival situation you think of the rules of three right okay so you got to have water more water and a third source right, of water you can go three minutes without air Okay, gotcha. Three days without water, three weeks without food. Right. And that's, and I'll be honest with you, Americans is probably not that good. You know? No, uh uh-uh. It's like, we, we're not acclimated to going three weeks without I mean, without we food. go an extra
0: <laughs> few hours without food. I'm like, I'm so and hungry. And I'm less, like, unfor- I usually don't eat a big lunch. Well, I had a big lunch and a big supper tonight. So I'm like yeah. sitting over here like, I'm burping off to the side. they <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, wa- uh, air generally,
1: that's why they send you, like, the tape and the plastic. Make sure you have, if it's a certain situation, that you're going to have breathable air. Well, you could at least obviously. breathe up what's air left in the house before you dive the chemicals that are seeping in next. Exactly. So, But, yeah, more importantly, though, because air is just not going to be a problem if it is, and you're probably screwed, but uh, yeah, more it, importantly, water. It's like you said. Now, that does not mean you have to stockpile a whole bunch of water. It doesn't. Had- you just need to know where water is. Well, that's true. Because there is ways to purify water, right? Right, there is. Um, you can filter water in many different ways, and also you can just boil water, you know? You can. And so uh, you can get the bacteria when you out when you boil it. Now, I don't necessarily want to drink dirty water, even if it's boiled, you know? So you need to figure out some different types of filtration methods, and you can buy on Amazon different types <laughs> of <laughs> filtration you straws. You can make like the little like b- uh, yeah.
0: things, can't you? Like the... There's a five gallon bucket purifier with sand. Yeah, you and just use carbon sand, and, and s- you can use charcoal, charcoal and stuff, like that. stuff yeah. like that. So
1: yeah, okay. So that's one thing that I was thinking too is that like is when you uh, create your storage, put some kind of something in there that's going to help you remember how to do stuff. Like maybe yeah. a survival manuals, little survival manual, some Google print offs. Because there's not going to be any Google. You're not going to be able Google. There's going to be no Google. You no. better know what to do then. All right. So next thing is food. You know, like like you were talking about, you need at least a few days of food. Yeah. Um, Think about... Non-perishable yeah, items. Yeah, non-perishable items. Um, rice yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, I was dried thinking, goods, rice, dried beans. I was thinking long term, you might need to figure out like a pillar of salt. Um, yeah. That's just for... So that you can uh, store meat, you know? So like, say you kill a
0: deer. Well, that's good for how long? Yeah. You know? That or a smoke cow, You know, my... I had some yeah, country folks yeah. that were my step-grandparents. They could still, like, they still smoke their own meats. Yeah, and see, all that stuff comes with stuff knowledge. Like that. It, I mean, people, you hear these arguments all the time.
1: They're like, well, I'll just dehydrate it. With, what, your dehydrator? I mean, do you know how to dehydrate meat without a dehydrator? Right. I mean, like, th- that's where knowledge comes in again. You know what I mean? Uh, learning these different skills. Because, like, I'm telling you, right now on my land, this morning, when I woke up, my dog ran off a good-sized deer. When I got home from work today, I had to wait for two rabbits to get out of the driveway before I could pull up. I have plenty of, and I, there's squirrels all over the place, all kind of deer. I so have you've plenty got of protein, things. man. I got protein, but the thing is, is would I know how to keep that meat for would a long you know period of time? It? You know? Yeah. I know how to prepare it, so that's where knowledge comes in. Make you some squirrel jerky. All right. So next thing, if while you're making your little your little box, your prepare box, you know you got. Some way to filter water, um, some non-perishable food. Third is some first aid. First aid. Um, fourth is security. All right. You, you know, we talked about guns, knives, whatever. We're not going off and, and pillaging. You know, we're not pirates. We're not thieving. But there may be some thieves, some looters who come to take your stuff. You know, right. you don't want to shoot nobody. But when you point a gun at them, maybe they think twice about stealing your stuff. You know right. what I mean? Or whatever weapon you use. Um, shelter. It's important, you know, oh, yeah. especially depending on the season. Um, and then fuel and tools.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So, now, you may think there's some kind of priority list there. That depends on different circumstances. The situation yeah. circumstance. Whatever <laughs> situation it is and whatever time of year it is. I mean, shelter's right. going to be pretty important if it's uh, 20-something degrees outside. Right. You know, um, it's going to be more important than probably security. You know because you're going to be more likely to die from the cold than you are from somebody coming to looting your stuff exactly, so it just depends on what the situation is and what order you put these things in. So that's about all I got for this now, John. On the extra content, I'm going to give you five things you can do today
0: to prepare yourself for a disaster. Five things you can do right now, so, all right. So, on that note, let's tell the people they can reach us at doyflumadiddle at gmail.com. That's uh at do you flum on facebook and that's one m not two because two is a dessert dessert so for everyone that's been listening tonight we thank you and we appreciate it and uh, we would encourage you to uh, purchase the flum premium content on that we say good night god bless and peace out